is the WHL This Week Radio Edition, presented by the Western Hockey League, the WHL Broadcast Partners, and Bauer Hockey. Here's your host, John Keane. Hey, welcome to the show as WHL rinks will be mostly quiet this weekend. Wave of COVID-19 forcing game postponements across the league as the WHL continues to follow COVID protocol. Challenging time for WHL managers, no doubt. We'll hear from one in moments. Edmonton Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill has been busy. A couple of big trades earlier to bolster his team and now dealing with some schedule juggling. He'll be up in moments. Well, it's called the Battle of the Sound. The Seattle Thunderbirds set to host the rival Everett Silvertips from Climate Pledge Arena in downtown Seattle. We'll have more on that. And is there anyone hotter right now than Victoria Royals winger Bailey Peach? The QMJHL transplant is not only the WHL Player of the Week, but the McSweeney's Player of the Month. He'll be coming in to close out the show. Edmonton Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill has put together a formidable team this season, but of course the battle right now seems to be more off the ice uh, than on. Uh, Kurt joins us on the line for WHL this week. Kurt, how tough is it right now being a Western Hockey League general manager? You guys are earning every penny right now, it looks like. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like it's been the norm here for the last two years, but uh, we had a little bit of a breather there the first half of the season almost, and now it's uh, yeah, things are a little bit... Uh, a little bit unnerving right now, and I guess as a general manager too, you're you're heading into the January 10th roster deadline and the January 17th trade deadline, and uh, yeah, your team's on pause from playing games, and a lot of teams in the league are. So it's uh, definitely an interesting time uh, trying to manage a team in the league, but uh, you know, it's just another uh, another roadblock that we're going to have to get through. Yeah, uh, what is your outlook on this? I mean, the, the positive side would say, hey, let's get through what might be a tough month of January. We're seeing that COVID protocol list uh, pretty full right now across the league. It uh, looks like every team will be affected at some point and just try to get through January and hope for a better February. But there's you know, naysayers that saying this could linger. So where do you sit in the crystal ball side of things? Yeah, you know, it's really, again, I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're, we're going to have a tough January here, I guess, at the end of the day, and we're going to be moving forward you know, once we get to the end of the month and into February. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of teams are going to go through through some shutdowns and some pauses here probably this month. And then hopefully, uh, you know, majority of teams are back up and running by the end of the month and we're, we're back to our schedule. But in saying that, I think we know how this goes. At the end of the day, I think it's going to be the provincial health authorities that are going to dictate uh, how everything goes. And uh, I think the one positive, I guess, at the end of the day for the, for the Western Hockey League is we've, as a league, we've proven that uh, – we can run. Um, you know, we did it last year. We've done it for half the season this year, so I don't see uh, any reason why, as a league, that we can't come together and make this thing work. Mentioned the COVID protocol list, the WHL now reporting uh, in their injury report. Uh, you've had your games postponed this weekend. You have a, a growing list, it seems, at Edmonton. How's everybody doing right now uh, regarding, you know, the virus? You know, I think, yeah, we have, some, we have cases for sure. Um, you know, I obviously... We had a road trip after Christmas. We were, were gone for an extended period of time, so the guys spent a lot of time together. Um, so we have a pretty pretty decent list. But you know what? Symptoms pretty mild across the board. And, you know, there's a couple a couple players maybe have symptoms a little bit harder than than others. But uh, you know, I think um, fortunately uh, everybody's pretty healthy. And I think it's uh, you know with the new five day isolation and uh, quick return to play, I think uh, our group will be up and running. You know pretty quickly here. 
Uh, you know, you mentioned off the top the, the trade deadline and the roster deadline here coming up uh, with the trade deadline January 17th, and, and you're fully invested here. I mean, you made a couple of big moves. Uh, Luke Prokop back in October for what was two players and two picks, and then Caden Gooley. That's been likely the biggest move so far with, with six pieces going the other way back to Prince Albert here. So it's probably a little bit of a nervous time to say, hey, let's you want to obviously keep fighting through this because, you know, like several other teams, a handful, four or five teams, Oil Kings are sort of built to win this year right now. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not going to look back and wish I never made those moves. I think it's, you know, I think we're, we're optimistic that things are going to move forward here. And, you know, when are you ever going to sit there as, a, as an organization and have, you, you know, Gunther, Neighbors, Kosa on your, on your team with, you know, elite 20-year-old players that we have and a supporting cast that's, that's pretty elite to boot. So, you know, we felt as a group we needed to add a, a couple key players to really put this team over the top. And I think uh, we did that early on. Now it's just, you know, potentially looking at the market and adding a couple more guys that can round out our depth and, and give us a, a really good uh, opportunity to make a long run and win a championship. Big player that you added was Caden Gooley. You've really yet to sort of get into the, the rhythm and see what he's all about. Of course, he was at World Juniors with Canada before they were shut down. You know, he's back uh, hopefully here playing soon again. And uh, and now all of a sudden out of left field comes, you know, his name on a potential Canadian Olympic roster from some of the NHL insiders here. It's like it's like a landmine to try to land this guy and get him into your, your games here in the second half. Yeah, it's, uh, well, we've had him for three, and he looked pretty good in those three, I must say. Our team, our team played pretty well, but, um, yeah, you know, I guess guys, especially our players, we knew heading into this season we were, were going to be short players probably the first month of the season, and, you know, that got extended with Jake being gone, and then World Juniors we knew. You know, I don't know if I ever thought we were going to have five players there, but uh, that was pretty uh, pretty amazing for, for those guys to have that opportunity to, to be there for what was a short tournament, I guess, at the end of the day. And um, anytime your players get opportunities to, to be a part of the national programs or special events, I mean, I think you just as an organization got to sit back and, and be happy for those players. And, you know, I think, I know we didn't develop Caden Gooley, but, you know, when I think of players like, like Neighbors and Gunther and, Coasts who have been a part of some of those special events and programs. I think when they get those opportunities, you you got to be happy for them and just evaluate more from an organizational standpoint that you're doing the right things to develop them and you're developing elite players in your program. Yeah, well said. I think that's what all teams strive to do uh, for sure. Uh, without the crossover East and West this year within the conferences, I haven't seen much action uh, in the Eastern Conference. But explain to me why this is not strictly an Edmonton-Winnipeg showdown and if there's other players at hand here that might have a say here come playoff time. Yeah, you know, I think the, the division is really deep, as we can see from the, the, the playoff race. I mean, pretty much everybody's still pretty pretty intact you know there's a, a serious battle pretty much going on there for those last three last three spots and you know red deer saskatoon and moose are teams that have played significantly well as of recent you know i know red deer's a they're an older team you know they've been they're a group that had been together for a long time and you know they hadn't had a lot of success but now you know with maybe the maybe the change of some older players that they brought in there and just as a combined group getting a little older and getting some good goaltending, you know, they're pretty, they're a pretty elite team this year. And Saskatoon's made some good moves to really round out their depth and become a great, a, a pretty good contender this year as well. And, you know, Moose Jaw is just a team that uh, has a really good elite decor and, you know, Tata Chuck's played pretty well points of the season. So there's, uh, there's some good teams out here and it's not a two team race by no means. 
Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He made some bold moves here already, and here we are approaching the WHL trade deadline again. And, uh, hey, I just want to wish you the best of luck, and hopefully uh, this all pans out. We can get into a, a solid playoff, and I think it will. I know the WHL wants to forge ahead here, uh, and as you mentioned earlier, have proven that they uh, have complained in this environment and have pulled it off successfully. So uh, best of luck there in Edmonton, and we do appreciate making time for us here today. Appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the WHL This Week, Radio Edition. It's being dubbed the Battle of the Sound, the first WHL action under the roof at now Climate Pledge Arena since 2008. And to tell us more about it, from the Everett Silver Tips, their Chief Operating Officer, Zoran Ratchik. Zoran, uh, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us. This is a, a thing I think that both the Silver Tips and the Seattle Thunderbirds are got to be really pumped about. Well, I think so. I think for the players, I think it'll be a unique experience going into a you know a first class NHL arena uh, to play a game of this uh, magnitude, and I think it'll be a, uh, not only a great game, uh, exciting for the players and exciting for fans from both organizations. How did this all come together? I, I know you know with NHL now uh, in the Pacific Northwest, it, it really was a no brainer. But let's talk about the nuts and bolts to make it happen. Well, I think, you know, I give you all the credit to Seattle Thunderbirds. It's their home game. Uh, Colin uh, and their group reached out a few weeks ago saying this is what they're thinking of possibly doing. Uh, would we have any objections? I said it's their home game, so uh, we'll just be invited. We just got to take a shorter trip than we normally do to Kent and make our way down to downtown Seattle, which we haven't played in, in since, I think, 2005 or 2006 against the Thunderbirds. Yeah, what, what do you remember about that rink? I remember, you know, coming into the league around then and, uh, you know, going to, you know, right underneath the Space Needle and, and playing games uh, from that building. Uh, it, was, it was a bit of an odd hockey setup, but what do you remember about it? Well, I mean, there were some great battles in those early seasons, you know, as we started our franchise up and they were playing in then Key Arena. You know, uh, it was, they were well-attended games and uh, they're, uh, you know, big rivalries. So uh, I think this is an opportunity to, uh, you know, play in front of the bigger marketplace and uh, the use of this facility uh, and, and for everybody involved uh, to have a unique Western hockey experience for one night, especially on that day. And that rivalry has only grown over the years, hasn't it, between uh, Seattle and, and Everett? Wow. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a great. I mean, it's like uh, some of the other battles in the Western Hockey League. It's 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 one that has been strong since our inception, and uh, you know, it's uh, whether it's in our building or in their building in Kent, and you know, and hopefully the fans of the Greater Seattle uh, area will respond, and it, it'll be a unique experience for everyone involved. New NHL franchise, of course, the Seattle Kraken. Are we seeing a bit of a NHL bump in the Pacific Northwest this year with uh, with that team playing right there uh, in the shadows? I think what you're seeing that we is is the exposure to hockey and the coverage of hockey on the regular newscasts in the newspapers and across the media. It, it's done a great thing. I think uh, a lot of uh, you know people have wanted this for a long time, and I mean the the two franchises here have been around. You know, we'll be entering our 20th season next year, and Seattle's been over in 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 the Seattle market for more than 40 years. So, you know, we've had hockey here for a long time. And I think this it gives us a bitter. Uh, uh, a little more exposure to the Western Hockey League, to their fan base. They've uh, uh, grown here in such a short period of time. Yeah, and Zorn, it's probably nice to look forward to a game like this. I know it's really challenging to, you know, to be in a role right now that you're in with a WHL team with you know, a lot of postponements around the league that uh, everyone's just trying to you know, power through and, and get through to the other side on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, for, for everyone involved, it's the safety of our players and it's uh, getting, getting things uh, put through and where it's it's safe for everybody especially the players and uh, you know we'll 
we'll tackle the challenges as they come and hopefully get through the season. Saturday, February 26th, Everett uh, in Climate Pledge Arena against the host Seattle Thunderbirds for the Battle of the Sound. Should be a great one. Zorn, thanks for uh, breaking this one down for us. All right. Thank you, John. The Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Hey, what a month it's been for Victoria Royals winger Bailey Peach. The overage forward was a waiver wire pickup for the Royals after he cleared waivers in the QMJHL. He's on a big-time roll, the player of the week and month, highlighted by a franchise record seven-point game. Voice of the Royals, Marlon Martins has more. Bailey, uh, how do you react when you found out that uh, you were named the Western Hockey League Player of the Week? Yeah, obviously it's uh, pretty special to be named uh, WHL Player of the Week. Obviously, I haven't done it before, and I had never done it over in the, in the QMJHL, so I'm very honor, honored and, and humbled to get that. And, uh, you know, being named that, it, it's pretty unbelievable feeling because there's a lot of guys in the WHL that, that could earn that position and, and get that role. So, I mean, to be able to be named uh, WHL player at least is unbelievable, and, and I couldn't be uh, be more happier, and, and my confidence is, is just going through the roof right now. So it, it feels pretty good to get that one under the belt. Speaking of confidence, uh, quite the Midas touch. Go back to the seven-point game you had. Uh, you were in on every one of the goals, and you set the franchise record. Yeah, no, uh, that was a very special night. I think it's just one of those nights where, where everything's just going right. Um, everything's just clicking, and, and the puck's just on my stick, and, and things are just going right, all the little things. So, um, I mean, to, to do that is pretty, is pretty cool, and, and to do it with this organization is even more unbelievable. But uh, like I said, it's just one of those nights where everything was going right and the puck was going in and the bounces were just going my way. So um, it, it was pretty cool to be a part of that and um, couldn't be more happier. Oh, Bailey, when you came over from the QMJHL, uh, did you feel there was this transitionary period and you had to perhaps change the way you play or adapt to the style of the Western Hockey League? Yeah, I mean, obviously when I, when I came over, um, the first – First few weeks were, were pretty tough, um, mentally and physically for sure. I think just getting settled into the team, getting to know the guys, um, my billet family, the coaching staff, things like that were, were pretty tough. But uh, I adjusted pretty quick, and obviously it took a little bit of time to, for me to get settled into my game and, and what I needed to do best and what was best for me and, and the team. So obviously that was pretty tough, but... Um, as the weeks went on and as games went on and as practice went on, I got a lot more comfortable with the guys, the coaching staff, um, and everything. So I think I just built off that, and uh, everything's just been clicking now, and, and it's been going great so far, and I've loved being victorious so far. We're with Bailey Peach, and for those who don't know, maybe you can share your story a little bit about how you came from the QMJHL and how you ended up in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I was in... Uh, in PEI for the Charlottetown Islanders, got trained there last year at the deadline at Christmas in December. Um, was there from December till the end of May. There we made a playoff run, lost in the semifinals. That was a COVID year. Um, then kind of came home from the summer. Uh, got trained up, got ready for the next season. Was expecting to go back there as a 20 year old, as an old rager. And then kind of seeing they traded for for a twenty year old, which makes sense because they wanted to bring in more more depth. So that brought in four old ragers. And at that point I wasn't too sure what was going to happen. So there was a lot of discussion with my with my coaching staff and my agent and parents and stuff like that. So I kind of just stayed focused on the task and went back to camp as, as best and as ready as I could be and, and that was the goal and 
is kind of what I did, and I was there for probably about a about a month or so, and uh, I got a call from my agent, and they ended up actually telling me to just leave uh, PEI because they weren't going to put me on waivers and they weren't going to trade me. So unfortunately, that didn't happen. And uh, at that point, when I left, they actually ended up putting me on waivers for I think it was 24 hours. Any team in the in the queue had a chance to pick me up. And at that point, um, 24 hours went by, and nobody in the QMJHL picked me up off waivers. And then um, my agent was talking to me about Victoria, and they knew they were interested. And um, they knew Dan was a great coach. Jeff was there, and, and they were great people. So they watched a lot of video on me over the, over the last couple of days before I came out, and they were really interested and kept in contact with my agent. And um, they were happy enough to, to land on me and, and pick me up off waivers from the queue, and, and that's how I made myself out here. Wow, what a story. And I'm sure a lot of those uh, teams out in the queue who passed up on you on the waivers are just uh, kicking themselves right now. Did you feel like you had anything that you needed to prove when you go through something like that? Um, yeah, for sure. I think, honestly, I just think I didn't have the season that I wanted to last year in the queue. Um, obviously, COVID season was tough, but uh, there wasn't, I didn't perform as well as I wanted to be. And I wanted to prove myself for this year. And, and, Obviously, a lot of teams passed up on me, and it's not their fault because I knew a lot of teams were were overloaded on 20-year-olds in that league, and they want to stick with guys that were there for the past previous years, which makes sense because they need the leadership and stuff like that, so I totally agree on that. But um, I couldn't be happier to come out in Victoria in the new league and new city and and meet new people, which is amazing for me and and my family. So um, I couldn't be more happier for that for, for myself. We're with Bailey Peach, the Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Uh, not only are you the Player of the Week in the team, but um, Tyler Palmer and Campbell Arnold were recognized this week as yeah. the goaltenders of the week. What can you say about your netminders? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a pretty special week for the whole team, to be honest. Um, for them to get the, the goaltender of the week, too, is it, pretty special. They've been doing a great job for us. And um, to have two goalies that can play in the net um, any given night it is, is a great asset for our team. So... Um, they did a great job all week, and even throughout the season, the first half, they've been unbelievable. Um, I know we picked up Arnold off, uh, off a trade there, but he's been unbelievable. And then Palmer um, can also play as well. So they've been great for us, and they've kept us in, in games when we need to be kept in. So they've made some great saves in, in key moments for us, and uh, I expect them to keep doing that. And uh, they've been great, and they're uh, great people in the room as well. So uh, they're good to have around. Well, Bailey... Thanks for this, and uh, again, congratulations on being the Western Hockey League Player of the Week. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Hey, that's the show. Big thanks to Marlon and Victoria and our guests, and hopefully WHL will be back strong next week as we get through this top stretch. I'm John Keane. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of the Western Hockey League in cooperation with the WHL broadcast partners and Bauer Hockey.